Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Good worship. I love that. Love feeling God's presence, don't you? Well, what a great time to be alive. Uh, we live in amazing, amazing times. And, and I, I want to encourage you, I want to remind you that God has chosen you for this moment. As Mordecai told his, his uh, niece, Queen Esther, that perhaps God has chosen you for such a time as this. He chose Noah to build an ark. He chose David to lead a nation. He chose Moses to bring Israel out of Egypt. And today, in the middle of our culture, where voices are demanding to be heard, God has chosen you and I to be the voice of the church. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. God has chosen you. Would you look over at somebody who says, God's chosen me? God has chosen you to be the voice of the church in this day. In this day where everybody is clamoring to have their voice heard. When everybody is demanding justice and equality, their voice of the church is saying that justice and equality are found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the time that the church, you and I, we need to proclaim the greatness of our God. It's important. It's essential. It's what God has asked and called each of us to do. God didn't call us just to sit around and shine up our armor, but God said that you are my hands, you are my feet, and you are the voice in this world. Do you realize that you, or perhaps the person next to you, could be the one that turns this world upside down for Jesus Christ? Do you realize that you could be sitting next to, or you could be sitting right there in your own being, that God has called you to do something amazing that will revolutionize the church and bring revival to God's people? And you say, not me, yes, you. You may not believe in yourself, but God believes in you. We're talking about the voice of the church. We've been talking for two or three weeks about the voice of the church. And I want to talk to you today about the voice of praise. Praise. Declaring the greatness of our God. There's something about praise that changes the way we think, the way we feel, the way we talk, the way we walk, the what we do, where we go, what we say. Everything about us is transformed when we begin to praise God. There's something about praise that transforms us. And if you want to change your community, if you want to change your life, if you want to change your circumstances, if you want to change the circumstances of your family, if you want to revolutionize everything around you, it's going to come when God's people decide that we are going to praise Him. In the passage of Scripture, 
that, that we are reading this week were found in Acts chapter 16. If you have a Bible or if you want to open your phone and turn, isn't that interesting? I was talking to somebody this week. Old school was, and this is how they taught you in Bible college, they would say, please turn to Acts chapter 16, and then you had to talk until you quit hearing the pages turn. Yeah, you don't hear the apps turn. So, and we have it on the screen and everything else. But I, I want to read this passage of Scripture to you, and then we're going to go through it a little at a time. Here's uh, Paul. Paul and, and Luke is, is writing this, and it's the fearsome foursome. It's Paul and Timothy and Silas and Luke. And he says, once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, I want you to listen to what he is saying. They seized Paul and Silas. Now, I don't know what happened to, to Luke and Timothy. Maybe they just got lucky. But they took Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. And, when her, and then they brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. I want you to look at that for a moment. The story is that, that these four are out and they're trying to do missionary work. They're, and they're trying to go different places and the Lord keeps closing doors and then Paul has a dream. It's the Macedonian call. He had a dream of a man that called and said, come on over here. And, and he rose up and evidently he spoke to the other three that were with him. And they were all persuaded and fully convinced that they were sent by God to go into Macedonia. And they make their way to Philippi. And when they're in Philippi, they go out to the river to begin to pray because uh, that was the custom. If there was, not a, if there was not a synagogue, if you didn't have uh, 12 men that 
or 12 families that could support a synagogue, then they met out by the river. And they met a lady named Lydia. And Lydia heard them praying and heard them talking about Christ and was persuaded that they were right. And she allowed them to come and actually begged them, persuaded them to come live at her house while they were preaching the gospel. So, and so here they are, and the scripture tells us that they're there because God had sent them. And if you'll go back to that very first slide, it says this, as they were going to pray. They're in this city, they know they're called by God, and it says, and it says, and it came to pass as we were going to the place of prayer. There is something about going to the place of prayer. And the reason why the author says this is because prayer and praise go hand in glove. You won't have any praise if you don't have any prayer. And if you get into, the, into a closet of prayer, you will develop a life of praise. You can't praise without praying. And you can't really get to praying without having some praise. You can't have one without the other. If you show me a person that doesn't have any praise in their life, I'll show you a person that has quit praying. Am I the only person in here? You got me. Good, good. Psalm 73, the original hymnal, the book of Psalms. The, the author of the Psalm 73, he said, man, I'd, I'd kind of quit going to the temple. I'd quit everything, and I kind of looked at around me. I looked at the world. I looked at the events in the world. I looked at the prosperity of the wicked, and I looked at, at, at people that were, were good people that were struggling, and he said, man, I, I almost lost it. My foot almost slipped until I made my way to the house of God, and then I understood their end. That's what prayer does for us. It, it helps us reconcile with what is really true and really important in life. When you can look around in, in our world, you can look around in our culture, you can look around at the climate around us, and, and you can see and you can hear things that, that are injustices that you want to label your voice to, and you'll see other things that, that make you upset and, and frustrated. But my friends, if you really want to get a true picture of your life, you need to get to the house of God. You need to find your way into a closet of prayer. And as you begin to pray, and as you call out to God, and God begins to speak to you, amazing things will happen. Your eyes will lift from the temporal to the eternal, and you'll see with vision that you have not seen before. It's important. It's important. And in fact, I would say it, it is essential for God's people in this day and time that God has chosen you, but you will never be effective as long as you're not praying. God is calling us to a life in a season of prayer. If you want to have praise, then you need to be a prayer warrior. There's no other way. You say, well, I pray. I, I, I pray every day, and I say, Lord, here's my list of things that I want. And Lord, you can follow me wherever I go. It's not prayer. The Bible says to make our 
our, our requests and our petitions known to God, and there's nothing wrong with that. But prayer is a two-way street. My friends, there are levels and depths of prayer that you can have, that you can get into, where you can be lost in the very presence of God. And you're not only speaking to God, but you can feel the presence of God quiet you, and he'll begin to speak into your soul. He'll speak peace to you that, that is... That is beyond words. He'll speak encouragement to you. He'll speak a word of, of wisdom. He'll speak a word of excitement and joy. He'll put something in your soul that you have never had before, but you have to be willing to go for it. And as long as our prayer is superficial, we'll stay superficial. My father-in-law's uh, favorite verse was this. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in deep waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. You want to see God do amazing things? We can't stand on the, on the shore. I know I like to go to the beach occasionally, and, and I've seen Jaws, so I don't go in. So, you know, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little, you know, the, the tide wa uh, walker, you know, I'll, I'll walk around in ankle deep. And even if I'm walking in ankle deep, I'm still looking for that fin. You know, and, and I hear the music in my head. Uh, you know, and so, but uh, and I'm out there and I'm looking, but I, I know that if I really wanted to surf, if I really wanted to do something significant, if I really wanted to be the beach bum that I think I proclaim myself to be occasionally, um, I would have to leave the shore and I'd have to go out there. Because it's out there is where the waves are. Where I'm at, not much waves. And it's the same with, with prayer. We can stay in the shallow end or we can dive into the deep end. And when you dive into the deep end, that's where amazing things happen. So I want to encourage you this wasn't in the notes, so it's free. Uh, let's develop a, a life of prayer. And here's, here's what amazes me about this passage of Scripture. He says, as we're going to the place of prayer, notice they're going to the place of, of prayer, we were met by this girl. A distraction came our way. And you wonder, why was that distraction going when they were on their way to prayer? Why didn't it hit before they came to prayer? I'll tell you why. I know you're really wanting to know. It's because the devil knew why they were there. And the devil was scared to death of them. Do you realize that the devil is afraid of you? The devil wants to do everything in his power to keep you from praying. The devil wants to do everything in his power to keep you from focusing on the things of God. The devil wants to keep you distracted. He wants to keep your eyes on this life. He wants to keep you focused on the little things of this life, the little tidewater things of this life. He doesn't want you to delve deep because he knows that when God's people begin to pray and when God's people dig deep into a relationship with God, God God can take them and use them and transform them and they will become a mighty powerhouse for God. The devil was afraid of them and the devil was trying to distract them. 
I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. Maybe it's somebody here. Maybe it's somebody online. I don't know this. I don't know. But I do know in my spirit, God is speaking to somebody. And he's saying, come deeper. Go a little deeper. Why don't you pray a little longer? Why don't you hang on to my presence a little longer in your life? Because I have something for you to do. His goal is to distract you because he knows that when God's people begin to pray, and when God's people begin to pray, they begin to praise. And when God's people begin to praise, other people listen. Scripture goes on to say that, that, that Paul was grieved because this girl kept coming. Every single day she was, they were going to pray, this girl would meet him. And she would say, these men are, are men of God and they have words of eternal life. Now you have to realize this is a polytheistic culture. So when we read it, we think of the monotheistic uh, viewpoint of one God and, and one way uh, of salvation through Jesus Christ. But she was, she was proclaiming that, but those around her probably didn't quite understand what she was saying. But the scripture says that Paul became grieved, not at her, but at the, the circumstances that this girl was in, at the situation that this girl was in. And, you know, and it just helps me understand that some people look at how they can help and some people on how they can profit. There's this young lady that was in dire need of help. She was possessed by a spirit, and there were some that would rather use her and keep her down and not have her helped, not have her delivered, because they were making a profit from her misery. And yet here's Paul, and Paul is so tired of her being in bondage, so tired of being seeing her in misery, that he looks around and he does not speak to her. He spoke to the Spirit. Because the Scripture tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why we are to hate sin, but love the sinner. That's why we are to, to love all people, but we are not to fight against people. Because when you see somebody that is full of hate or anger or rage, or jealousy, or animosity. It's not them, it's the spirit that has them in bondage. And you begin to pray against the spiritual powers that have them afflicted and in bondage, and you begin to pray that God would set them free. Our perspective on, on how we view people is essential to victory. If you're looking at people as your enemy, you'll never be successful. Because people are never the enemy. It's the adversary of their soul. It's the adversary of your soul. It's the adversary that's keeping you, trying to keep you down. It's trying to keep you focused on the things of this world. It's the adversary that keeps saying, oh, this life is all that really matters. But my friends, that day comes when that trumpet sounds. Nothing in this life will mean anything to you at all. The only thing, if you ever had a regret, the only regret you would ever have would be that I wish I would have done more for Christ. I wish I would have praised a little more. 
I wish I would have prayed a little more. I wish I would have shared the glory of God with those around me a little more. That's the only regret anybody will ever have because what is awaiting us compared to what is pales. This pales in comparison to the glory and the majesty that awaits us. So here's Paul, and he begins to speak to this spirit, and he says, come out of her. And when he began to speak to her, and, and, and she was freed, it, you would think, you would think that everybody would be rejoicing for this young girl. This young girl that was tormented, this young girl that was possessed by an evil spirit, this young girl that, that had her life so twisted and in bondage that, that she didn't even control her own voice. And yet, here's Paul speaking to this spirit. This spirit is cast out. This girl is made whole. This girl is made right. This girl is, is becoming the person that God intended her to be. And you would think that everybody would be happy. But there, they weren't, because there were those that profited from her being in misery. We, we live in a day to now, and it's always been this way, that there are always people that profit off of other people's misery. There's always people that want to put other people down to build them, their own self up emotionally, physically, financially. And here's these men that, that was making a living off of this girl's misery and off of this girl's situation. And, and, and they saw that they were no longer going to be able to profit from her poverty. They were no longer going to be able to profit from her foretelling. And, and they were upset. They were frustrated. You would have thought that if they would have said, Paul, that is amazing. You, you contacted God. You connected with God. And God has delivered her. But instead, they began to lie and say, these men are turning the city upside down. And they're preaching things that, that are not lawful for Romans. And, they, and, they, and the crowd came, and, 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 and the crowd got involved with them, and they, and they took them, and they beat them with rods. They took rods, and they began to hit them, and, and that would hurt a lot. And then they confined them, and they said, put them in the intercept, in the, you know, and, the, and they gave the, the guard command to keep them. That he was under command that if they got loose, they would take his life. So he, they put him on the, in the inner cell. Not just a cell, but in the very inner part. And in about midnight, this is what I love about this. All right, so in all the things that I've told you so far, I'm getting to this one point. I'm getting ready to, to stab you with it right now. Okay? And then when I stab you with it, I'm going to give you a Band-Aid. All right. So here they are, they're, there is, they're in prison, and the scripture says at midnight, about time when, when that beating really started hurting, when the bruises started coming up, when the muscles that were, that were beat on began to hurt, 
And at about that time, they were singing praises. In the, they were confined. They were condemned. They were restricted. And yet, they had everything taken from them except their voice of praise because nobody can take your voice of praise. I wonder what would have happened if Paul and Silas would have focused on their circumstance as opposed to the God that brought them to that circumstance. I wonder what would have happened if they wouldn't have praised. I do know this, that, that, that they were called there by God, and, and God wanted them to, to develop a church, an ecclesia, a body of believers. And that body of believers had its foundation and roots in the middle of this jail cell. Because here they are at midnight and they're praising God and the Bible says the prisoners were listening to them. Who's listening to you? And silence prevailed. Who's listening to you? This church in Philippi was birthed through this one act of praise because when they began to praise, the jail cells opened up and it was that, that jailer, that one that was, that was commanded to keep them, it was that same jailer that began to minister to them and he and his whole family came to Christ and his family became a bedrock foundation of the church in Philippi. Okay, I, I'm here, I'm, I'm where I'm going to be, I'm getting ready to stab you with it. Here it is. The circumstances that you find yourself in, or the circumstances that are in our world today, could it be that God has allowed us, you and I, the church, to be in this situation right now so we can lift up a voice of praise so those around us can hear and God can usher in a revival uh, and bring in souls into the kingdom of heaven because you're praising him. Are you looking at your circumstances or are you looking at the God of all things? My friends, this is a day to praise. This is a day to praise God. This is a day to get connected with God, that God is greater than anything that's going on in culture. This, our God is greater than anything that's going on in your world. And you may think, but, but you don't understand. I, I, I'm restricted. I'm financially bound. I, I'm emotionally tied down. I, I, I am chained and, and fettered by the things of life. But I want to encourage you that if you know Jesus Christ, and if you are a follower of of Jesus Christ, if you will begin to pray and seek him with everything in you, there a spirit of praise will be birthed in you. And when you begin to praise him, amazing things will happen. Because there are people that are watching you. I believe it's time for the church to regain its voice of praise. To quit worrying about everything else in life and begin to praise him. To develop that, that, that time of prayer that our voices will be heard. I think, I think it's time that we need more Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that, that are willing to say, 
that, that I will not bow my knee to anybody because I serve the living God. And when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, their praise kept him going. I think we need more Daniels that, that are willing to say, I am not going to quit praying and I am not going to quit praising and I will pray to my God three times a day as I've always done and if you throw me in the lion's den one of two things are going to happen they're going to eat me or they're not and these men and women in scripture that, that changed the course of history in their, in their time and in, in their life. It's because they were willing to praise God. Sometimes you can't get out of any other situation, but you can praise your way out of it. Sometimes you can't work your way out of it, you can't think your way out of it, but you can definitely praise your way out of it. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're experiencing, but I do know this, that if you want victory in your life, if you want salvation in your life, if you want freedom in your life, if there are people around you that you want to see come to Christ, you need to begin to praise God. You need to begin to declare his glorious works in your life and allow the presence and the power of God to fill their hearts. Praise does something for the, for the inner man. I'm going to ask our, our praise team to come back. I love that. Praise team. And as they're coming. As they're coming. I want to give you an opportunity today. Not tomorrow. Not next week, not next month, not even an hour from now, but right now, right here, right where we're at. I want you to be able to proclaim and regain your voice of praise. And you say, but you don't know the prison cell that I'm in. I may not, but he does. And I know the way out of it is through praise. It's through praising God. It's praising God in all circumstances. And allow God to do that full work and effect in your life. So I want you to do this if you would. As, as you, there you go. Give me some background music. I love background music. If you're here today or if you're here online, you have a circumstance in your life that you don't know how to fix. I can promise you two things about it. One, it didn't take God by surprise. And two, you can praise your way out of it. Jesus said if if I be exalted, I will draw all men unto me. He was referring to his work on the cross. My friends, when we exalt him, he draws men and women to him. And I don't know what you're facing, I don't know what you're going through, but I do know this. That if you begin to praise him, if you begin to worship him, if you'll give him everything in you, amazing things will happen. So right now, where we are, whether you're at home or whether you're here, 
I would want you to just simply do one proclamation. If you're ready to praise your way out of the situation you're in, if, if you're concerned about our community and you want God to intervene, I want you to begin to praise God. And, and if there's something in your life that you want God to change, I want you to begin to praise Him. And I want you to begin to do that right now. If you're here today and you have been spoken to by God and, and you believe that you need to begin to praise Him for the circumstance you find yourself in, I want you to stand right now, whether you're here or whether you're at home. If you have a circumstance that you need to pray through, that you need to praise through, if you want victory in your life, if you want victory in your community, if you want victory around you, if you want to see your family delivered, if you want to see your friends delivered, if you want to see your community delivered, then let's begin to praise the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's quit worrying about life and look at the Creator of life and begin to give Him glory that is due His name. Let's forget about our ego. Let's forget about our pride. Let's forget about everything else. And let's begin to praise and magnify the God that we serve, the God that formed all things, the God that created all things, and the God that wants to deliver us from all things. Come on, let's worship Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.